it's the next level. God damn it. That piss? Gonna mix with the shit that's about to rain down. How's the leg? Next time I'll hit more than your hand. Yeah. You do marry. Shows I'm Mary. Panels to Pixels, The Punisher Season 2, Episodes 3 and 4 Review. Welcome to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And we're on to two. Yeah, we're season two, episodes three and four. Episode three is titled Trouble the Water. It starts with a flashback of our bad guy, but it's not like a long time ago flashback. It's like pretty recent, but it really doesn't tell us much about him. It doesn't really give us any reason why he's in the story. It just shows us some some messed up interpretation of the Bible, though, um, that I thought anyway was was pretty messed up. And then uh, Frank and Rachel, are they're still in police custody. We see Billy Russo escape from the hospital. The bad guys assault the precinct, that police station, and uh, Frank takes them out all by himself. And then at the last minute, we have Madani showing up to whisk Frank away. But, I, I mean, a great episode overall. I, I enjoyed it. I just, that flashback, to me, it was a little weird. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff, and we get some information in there, but nothing really uh, concrete. I mean, what did you think with that flashback? Well, the flashback was uh, like a setup in some way. Mm-hmm for what was going on with the preacher and i guess where rachel slash amy because we got two names now of what was going on with her and why she was trying to leave them but i think it was more centered and focused towards the uh the preacher and what his drive was to be going after this girl and frank at that too yeah but they don't give us the thing that, that that bothered me about it was they didn't give us the specific of what was going on. All we do is we have this, and it's a great scene, don't get me wrong, it's in my top five, you know. We don't really get the reason why. We just get Pastor Guy coming and telling him, or we get the Corbin Burnson character telling him, oh, you need to go, and we'll make sure that your family is taken care of. You've got to go take care of something. We have a stray, you know, we have a, a one that's gone astray or something like that. And we think that might be Rachel, but they don't tell us for sure that that's who it is. We just know that that's what he says, is that there's a stray missing and you've got to go whatever and like i said it just it just was really it was an interesting flashback it gives us some information about him but it just didn't for me it was it, it didn't uh, it just fell short for me i think yeah well we should move on to our top five absolutely So you want to go first? I will start. So uh, my in my top five. So my number five really is is kind of there's there's a theme in this episode of oaths. We hear the doctor has an oath to help Billy, and even when he escapes, you can see that she's scared, but she still wants to help him when she's outside. Billy gives her the mask before he runs away from the hospital. The bad guys when they come in to the sheriff station, they ask the sheriff about his oath. The preacher guy says, "You took an oath, didn't you, sheriff?" The deputy at the end of the episode talks about their oaths as police officers, and then we see that Frank doesn't doesn't really give an oath to the sheriff, but he might as well have done so when he said, 
you know, let me go. I will come back. You know, there at the end when he, the sheriff is like, no, I can't let you go out there. And Frank's like, you know, do you have some duct tape? Or, you know. <laughs> uh, so really that's my number five was just that the theme of oaths throughout this this episode I thought was really cool. I didn't really catch up, uh, catch to that when you were talking about it and when I was re-watching it, but when you said that and I watched it again, I started seeing that come up and that pattern, but it was very odd. It seemed like something is about oath, 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 and it just, I guess it segued to the, uh, the priest mm-hmm. and, and his oath to whoever he's doing, you know? Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, he, I guess he makes kind of an oath when he, when he leaves out to, to go on his little mission, so... Yeah, uh, which leads me to my number five, which would be the beginning was a little foreshadowing, which is when the priest is sent on his mission and after the sermon to redeem himself in some way, I guess, because he owed somebody. The Schmidt mm-hmm. seemed to have some sort of hold on him and his family. What is with the scars? Seems like they were something like from tattoos removed that I couldn't tell. And we see them when uh, he puts on his shirt. What were the markings exactly? Was it something that he was a part of that he was redeemed for by the church? Or who knows? I'm hoping that we get some information later on regarding this. Yeah, I hope so. And that that brings right into my number four, which which kind of includes that is just my number four was those guest stars, Corbin Burnson and Annette O'Toole as the the was it the Schultzes or the Smiths, whatever, whatever name they had. Uh, But yeah, they send him out on his on his mission. And we see and and I took them. They looked to me like they were white supremacy tattoos. Um, you know, and, and they seem to be, they're either subdued, which means they're, they're either really, really old, or maybe like you said, maybe they're in the process of being removed, you know, or, or they faded. It, it, it is, uh, I'm anxious and, and, uh, uh, you know, I want to hear, see more about that and, and hear what, what the deal is with those. Yeah, definitely. And that will lead to your... That was. That was my number four. Okay. Uh, so, your number four. My number four. Well, my number four would be Billy's escape. He has to, you know, he has to take the doctor captive in order to get something out of her. Uh, it was like some kind of, like, thriller kind of movie <laughs> at that point. When he takes off on his own, where will he go? What will he do on his own? It, it, he's like a loose cannon or something. Yeah, it was really kind of kind of cool the way they shot that too. With you have the you know he start the the two cops burst into the room and we see the one cop swings his club at him and he just expects that Billy's gonna take the hit like maybe you know maybe this has happened before but we get that uh, it's kind of that same thing as in if you ever saw the the movie the uh, Matt Damon Born Identity. Uh, movie when the cops kind of swing at him and he catches the he catches his hand and that's what Billy does he kind of catches the 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 club the the arm of the cop and you you get that brief hesitation there with both of them where they're just they both are kind of surprised that he was able to do that and then of course he he goes into killer mode <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, which brings us to my number three yes 
Um, which is Rachel or Amy, as we find out at the end of the episode, trying to maintain her kind of young and innocent act. And we notice that it doesn't it doesn't fool the sheriff or really anyone else. Um, and, you know, even when she finally tells the truth, it still sounds like a lie. And she definitely knows more than what she's telling. And even the sheriff and the deputies, they can tell she knows more about what's going on than what she's telling them. Even when when she does finally, you know, come clean and and then he says, well, you, you, uh, did he tie you up? And he shows, she shows him the scars, you know, and she says, yeah, he tied me up. That was a true kind of, that was a true statement that I gave, you know, but then at the same time, she's also kind of telling a half truth of what, what went on. So, yeah. Um, my number three would be, uh, the brother who was in a drunk tank coming to the aid of his brother after he got shot outside when they were being ambushed. I, I felt it was a really cool sentiment, and I appreciated that for the fact that he, he knew he was like, I'm the bad guy, and my brother is doing all the good, and <laughs> I have to help my brother in some way. It, it took a little coercion, though, from Frank and a few <laughs> of the others to do so, but in in the end, he was like, you know, he's trying to help out and do what he can. But I, I thought it was a good sentiment in the uh, the actual episode regarding it. Yeah, you know, he comes out and the very first thing he says when he sees that his brother has been shot, you know, is is he says, I knew this job was too dangerous for you or, or something like that. But then at the at the end of it, he gets that that kind of respect uh, from uh, from Frank and and uh, from the rest of them, which is really good. My number two is uh, just Madani, that that kind of deus ex machina, hand of God kind of thing, showing up at the end. And apparently the bad guy got away because we don't see him again. And if I remember correctly, we don't even see him in the next episode at all. So apparently he got away and she's, you know, she's able to convince the sheriff to get any rid, get rid of any trace that Frank was there. And she takes Frank and the girl away. And you know, there's this moment where and I, I loved it because it was a really cool kind of uh, thing between Frank and the sheriff where he says, where the sheriff says, you know, you don't have to go with her, but I'll, and, and he, I don't remember the words that he used, but he basically tells Frank, you don't have to go with her, but I'm still, and I'm still going to let you go. You know, I'm going to let you escape. I'm not going to try to hold on to you here. So Frank had that moment where if he wanted to, he could have just, you know, extricated out of the situation. But I, I think at that point she had told him that Billy had escaped. And plus he wants to see things through with this girl because he knows that the, the, the priest guy got away. Yeah, definitely. He went away. <laughs> so what was your number two? Uh, the episode, like I stated before, and I said it last week, and I told everybody to listen, to watch Assault on Precinct 13 from the 70s, it, it just showed the same pretty much premise, and it's in the middle of the night. You got somebody who's hiding, that they hid from some sort of group, and the group is trying to get in to get to that person. And it almost shot for shot in certain ways. It showed that, like somebody going out to the car, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he, him getting shot and then being brought back in. And the way the persisted and pursued to get into the precinct for that big shootout and blowout. It was pretty much on spot from the visuals from my point of view. And I enjoyed it for the fact that it just made me relive all that and made me want to go see that movie again. 
Yeah, and I actually have that movie. I have it on DVD, and I actually did watch it the other night. And there is there is a lot of things that are really that are really close that are definitely homages to. And this is my number one, so this is uh, segues perfectly into uh, my number one is is the assault on thirteen uh, on precinct thirteen kind of homage. But I did key. There was one thing I keyed on when I watched it, and I had to. to uh, Roll it. Roll the movie back and listen to it again. It's not actually Precinct Thirteen. If you if you listen to the beginning, the very beginning of the movie, when uh, the lieutenant and he's a highway patrol lieutenant is in the car, he says Division Thirteen, Precinct Nine. Yeah. And so I thought that was really funny that I, I had never thought, caught that before that it's not actually precinct thirteen, and uh, so I thought that was that was uh, that was pretty good and and the the idea of that we have this this deputy who gets shot and it's kind of like the the man at the beginning of the uh, the movie the who kills one of the gang members and then takes shelter in the police station there you know and they don't even know that he's the one these guys are coming after they think they're just a assaulting this police station because they want to assault a police station and you know they don't find out till much later I, I don't think they even actually ever find out for sure that that's the guy uh, they were coming to get uh, but I did there's one scene that I really love that is very very similar to the, the the end of this episode and that's when when they're taking the deputy out on on the stretcher and then uh, all of the the cops kind of walk out of the the police station at the end of the movie you know the paramedics go to the woman uh, who's the one woman in the police station and they ask her oh do you want to do you want a stretcher and she's like no, I don't want to stretch her. I'm walking out just like these guys are walking out. And so it was really good. Just like the, the female deputy who walks out, you know, it's it was really, really good. So Yeah, definitely. That since we're a mix mash, yeah. uh, that would be uh you should go to your number two because you already talked about your number one. Yeah, my number two is just Madani. So we kind of we, we kind of covered them all uh really quick there. Not a lot of uh of uh uh Things to segue into. I, I did have some uh, some quotes here that I I really liked, and that's uh, at one point. You know, it, they had this whole talk about the the um, movie, the the cowboy movie, where the guy represents death, and they think that's who kind of who Frank is. And uh, Bruce, the deputy's brother, is like, "Who gives a shit? As long as he's on our side, I don't <laughs> care." <laughs> you know, I really I really like that. And then of course when uh, when Frank is is telling the sheriff what happened, he's he tells the sheriff, "Yeah, these guys attacked the hotel." and I killed them and the sheriff is kind of incredulous and he goes you took out th- you know 13 trained killers and I loved Frank's response is I guess not so much you know <laughs> like they weren't trained not that he didn't do it they I guess they weren't really that well trained killers so. <laughs> well I only had one uh, I think it says uh, basically in the cell with Frank <laughs> And the lady that attacked, are you really just in the wrong place in the wrong time? And Frank goes, I guess it's just shitty luck from for the both of us then. And the lady's like, so why? <laughs> Frank, I'm, I've am i been asking myself the same thing. And she's like, there, there's no worrying about it now. It's just uh, the play out. <laughs> it has to play yeah. out or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really good that she was, uh, you know, and, and it's an interesting uh, take on it because she escapes, and, and that was another one of those moments in the in the, in the the movie, in the episode that I had kind of had to roll back and watch again because I, I was unclear about what happened. You know, the Frank, 
the bad guys attack the front of the police station, and it's Frank is the one who goes, oh, no, that's just a distraction. They're coming in the back way, and that's when one of the deputies is like, well, that's that door is titanium, and they can't get through there, and then they blow up the door, and, and they get the girl out and, and stuff. So Yeah, so it, it's funny, though. I, I thought the actual episode itself was more action-packed than anything. And my yeah. number one just leads to, at the very end, when Madani picks them up. And it's mm-hmm. one of those, like, ending feelings of, like, a superhero movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, Frank, let's yeah. go. And they're like, who is this? <laughs> and it's kind of like Nick Fury just coming out of nowhere and saying, hey, let's go, guys. <laughs> well, And it's almost like like this story is ended and now the next story is in, is beginning. Kind of like I have, because I, I had a few notes here, uh, some stuff that we didn't discuss. And uh, really the biggest thing we that I, that I didn't bring up, and I guess I could have, brought this up a little earlier was in that moment when the sheriff is offering to let Frank go he brings Frank's bag out and he he gives him back his bag with all of his weapons and he says something like I don't want those ghosts attached to me or or something like that but then I noticed he gives Frank back the film canisters and those are the film canisters that Frank took from the girl in the second episode yeah i guess the second episode when he searched her and he and he found the film canisters so we still don't know what's on those film what's in those film canisters we just know that that may be what the 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 bad guy is looking for because remember they had that laptop that uh, that he smashed that didn't have what he wanted on it and so maybe it's those film canisters i don't know i guess that's going to come out later yeah i hope so so we had no episode for we had no uh, feedback for episode three, but leads us right into episode four, which is called Scar Tissue, and this this episode is is interesting because it's another one that uses flashbacks from both Billy and Amy, as we're going to learn at the end of this at the end of episode four is her real name or well the most recent real name <laughs> she gives us. Um, <laughs> it kind of shows us their backstories. We get how she ended up in in this situation of hers. When we see from Billy's, we see how he kind of got the mask. And we get some other insights into his, his character. Uh, and then also, there's an interesting exchange there at the end when Madani almost kills the, the NYPD detective and just kind of blows it off. Uh, at the end and the very end of the episode it was it was very tempting for me to go to episode five but I didn't do it <laughs> because the episode ends with Billy back with his doctor and then the credits roll we go to black and, and we see that Billy is there so there, a lot went on in this episode though and I'm sure we're going to pick up on it in our top fives that's why I didn't have a lot of stuff for this but it, it is an interesting I was trying to figure out like the the Episode three is titled Trouble the Water, and that's the song they're singing, and that's the Bible story that is grossly misinterpreted. I'm not going to get into Bible explanations that I that I could do, but grossly misinterpreted Bible passage from this from this church <laughs> um, here. But uh, so that's where the Trouble the Water comes from, and this one with scar tissue. I you know they're they're they could be referring to Billy's scar tissue on his face. They could be referring to the emotion scarring that has happened to Madani that the the doctor kind of alludes to they could have uh, they could also be applying to kind of the emotional uh, scar tissue that the girl has because we see that she's got some PTSD from 
the experience that brought her into the situation that we have her in here. So that that scar tissue was a really uh, interesting title for me. Yeah, it is definitely. Uh, we'll discuss it in our top five. Yes, absolutely. Why don't you start? So my number five would be Billy Russo's oddly enough remembering fragments of his past through certain visions. Uh, very much like a, in a movie where it's click, move, image, that he's remembering a little bit parts of himself. He still has that, that framework of what you know we see when he's with the doctor in the hospital. So he knows something about himself, what he can do. And obviously he knows more of the physical action than anything. But I, I was thinking with the name of the actual episode being Scar Tissue... Uh, maybe his memories are his scar tissue because in scar tissue it's it's still the flesh but it's just a mutilated version of it and kind of like his memories they're kind of blurry they have images and it they're the blurriness is pretty much the scarring of that memory who knows uh, that that was just my thinking or overthinking of the actual name of the episode and what Billy's going through as well as Amy too that we'll find out. That's that's interesting. That that could that could very well be that's a scar tissue that I hadn't really thought about. My number 5 is Billy and uh, kind of what is going on with him in this episode. The doctor, you know, she thinks he's acting out of fear and frustration. The only he's acting out the only way he knows how to. Yet he attacks that guy and he steals his clothes, the guy from the bus, you know, and Okay, yeah, the guy was taunting him on the bus, but he follows him out, and there's a calculation kind of to the fact that he attacks him, steals his clothes, then he has enough memory to go to the other guy's house, right? And then he somehow doubles back to the hospital in time to follow the doctor home. So, yeah, he might be acting out of certain fear and frustration, but he's not doing things because you would think that if he was only acting out of fear and frustration, he would go immediately to ground. He would find, like, if he killed, when he kills the guy, why would he not just stay there and try to hole up? Why would he have the purpose of mind to think, oh, Curtis and Frank are going to remember that I talked about this guy and they're going to be able to send the cops to me? You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a, there, like, the, the, the doctor seems to think that he's only fragmented, but he's doing some very calculated things that almost look like it's not as fragmented as what she thinks. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I think she knows a little bit more than what's going mm. on. Yeah. yeah. So that would bring me to my number four. Yeah. When Frank goes to see Curtis, uh, Frank needed somebody to, that he could trust, that he could talk to about what's going on. And obviously the discussion falls upon Billy Russo. And it seemed to, from what I got out of it, sounded to me like Curtis was like, you should have just put him away. You should have just ended him just yeah. like Madani wanted. And uh, I just love, it's like, yo, that one of the, the the phrases that he says is like, come on, Frank, you know, usually friends, when they come over, they just want to go fishing and we can't have that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah, we never have a normal visit, Frank. Exactly. You know? It's always yeah. something like regarding Billy or whatever. But yeah, you know, I, I thought that was that was very good. We needed to see Curtis come back in some way or shape or form, so you know that's going to be uh, prevalent later on, probably. Yeah, and what was interesting about that conversation too was we get the we get the understanding that Curtis believes 
that Billy has actually lost his memory because he says something like when when he visited Billy, Billy thought that it was that Billy was coming to visit him in the hospital for his leg. It wasn't him visiting yeah. Billy. You know, he says he says that's how messed up he is. He still thinks he's in the service. He still thinks it, we're in this brotherhood. And so, and and then of course Frank is is going to hold on to this. No, he's just faking it. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward which which kind of plays out, or if Billy gets enough of his memory back to where he might as well have not been faking. If that if that makes yeah. sense. And that does that kind of leads right into my number four, which is I, I really was confused about some of the continuity in this in this episode. And, and you know, I hate to to make any negative criticism of these shows because I do love the, the Punisher. In fact, I just I just commented to some friends the other night that uh, they were asking me what's the best of these Netflix shows. And I said, Oh, the Punisher by far, the Punisher is, is the best. Um, but there's some continuity issues that I, that I seems off to me and, and help me out here. If, if this sounds right. So Madani, you know, they get to the apartment to get to Madani's apartment. It's in the morning and he, and she tells them not to leave. Then she comes home at some point. It's still mm-hmm. daylight. And and they have a little discussion, and then she leaves again, and Frank locks the girl in her room in the in the room, which I'm going to get to the whole locking thing. That's later on okay. in my notes. He goes to see Curtis, and then it's night when we see Billy at the ballpark, but the girl wakes up in daylight. Then Billy goes to see Arthur. It's daylight. Uh, Madani comes back to the apartment at some point. And then the girl goes to the computer store and finds out about Frank. And then after killing Arthur, Billy goes to the doctor. Now, so he kills Arthur and goes back because he told the doctor, he said, I followed you from the hospital. So that means after he killed Arthur, he had to go back to the hospital and wait until the doctor left in order to follow her to her home to be there when it's now whatever time of day it, it is. And it just, the, the continuity, the flow of the continuity or the editing or something just didn't, it just, it took me out of it because I was just so confused about, you know, were they in Madani's apartment? Because it seems like at one point, it seems like they must have been in Madani's apartment for about 48 hours, 48 to 72 yeah. hours, two or three Definitely. days. You know, that all of this stuff happened over like a three day period. But if that's the case, then where was Billy? The, you, you see what I'm saying? Like there's some continuity there <laughs> that is a little confusing uh, to me. But, you know, hey, it's it's uh, I can I can forgive a little bit of editing. We had some issues with editing and stuff uh, in the in the first season. Even they had, you know, they had one perfectly edited show and then they had other other episodes that weren't edited well, as well. Well, you know, these are, there are different directors that are going on in these shows anyway, mm-hmm. so... And on top of that, do they have somebody dedicated to actually keeping the continuity or maybe it, this is their way of playing Quentin Tarantino and making things <laughs> mishmashed and we don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Exactly. Could be. Could be a Reservoir Dogs just, thing. Or. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, it, it, it could be that they're giving us bits and pieces that are happening at the same time, you know, uh, kind of stuff. So it's yeah. possible. So... But uh, so, what was your number three? That would be Rachel's flashbacks 
uh, of the people that were murdered around her and her in the streets. When she was un- under the bed, when I guess when Frank locks the door, she goes under the bed for, you know, it, it kind of falls into that PTSD of somebody who's was in a violent extreme thing. They go back to where they feel more comfortable in her case, not sleeping right. on the bed, but underneath the bed after she takes a shower. And it just rolls to a flashback of that's where she was when things were going down wherever she was and how she it looks like where she got the film and her initially mm-hmm. running away. Yeah, it looks like whatever happened, whatever that preacher did, or it, maybe it was the preacher who did it, because I'm assuming from the way she talks that it was the, the, the preacher who did it, that she hid under the bed, and he just never checked under the bed, and so that's uh, why she uh, she escaped. And that's kind of my, my number three is kind of the same thing, these different flashbacks that we get. You know, we see Billy uh, in the hospital, and we learn about his mask. We learn about what you and I, I don't know if it was on... Uh, it was during the recording that we talked about that mask and how how you said like it's um, therapeutic for some patients. For some uh, suffer- patients. Thank you. That's the word I was. Yeah, the, the word I was searching for. Patients. Uh, it's it's therapeutic for them to kind of draw on the mask, you know. And even though he jokes about it and he kind of tells the doctor he's not going to do it, obviously he did it at some point. And I think she mentions that the scars that he drew on the mask are not are more extensive. Than what are on his face so if we're to draw that out from the therapy that she said because she told him to draw how he thinks people see him and so it means that he thinks people see him as even worse scarred than he actually is because really he he's not it's not that bad <laughs> really i mean that guy on the bus made a big deal out of it but yeah. really like when he's sitting in the bar and stuff it's it's not like People are going to run away from him, you know, and and so he obviously sees himself as being uh, worse. Scarred. Hideous. Yeah, hideous, hideous. Thank you. And then uh, Billy, of course, flashing back uh, to that uh, that conversation he has with uh, Frank in the ballpark. The girl, like you said, flashing back to the night that apparently started all of this with her so all those flashbacks in this episode are really cool and it gave us a lot of it's it's one of those things where that's a lot of stuff they could have told us that through dialogue but they showed it to us instead and i, I really liked that that fact that they're going to show that stuff to us and and not you know not just talk about it in dialogue so yeah definitely and i i have some things about my notes we'll talk about it later about the mask itself okay. and something that i clued in on with actually watching that for like the third time yeah <laughs> and it's pretty cool okay uh, I, I i will talk about it soon but yeah but that will lead me to my number two which would be rachel slash amy gives information mm-hmm. to frank regarding those that are looking for her mentions somebody by the name of fiona someone that took care of her and other girls or people we're getting a little bit more deep insight of what was going on but we don't know exactly what she was running from exactly yeah it didn't it didn't seem like like a brothel type of situation it it seemed more like a an oliver twist fagan kind of thing like that this woman fiona was kind of the the mentor to this group of whatever they were, petty thieves or robbers or or whatever, and they had graduated to something bigger, you know, because she says that it was it was some sort of uh, theft. Taking they were taking pictures of the guys of some guys, and she doesn't say exactly who those guys were, 
you know, and so I don't know if those are blackmail pictures or, or what, but yeah, we, we get a little bit of it, of what's going on with that. So that's really good. My number two is, is real quick. It's just the fact that it, it's, it was surprising to me that Madonna still has Frank's bulletproof vest from the season one finale. You know, she brings it out, the one that's got, that he spray painted the Punisher logo on and, and she shows it to him. And that's when they talk about that whole, what happened there. So, okay. So what was your number one? Uh, my number one would be Madani still has Frank's vest. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so your number one was my number two. <laughs> what was that about? I, I still am confused. And yeah, that was yeah, number two, but we could go on to it mm-hmm. more. But does she have a, a light for Frank or something? Yeah. And maybe she wants to punch her back to finish Billy Russo once and for all off or... Maybe she feels that it gives her strength knowing him or knowing of him, even though when when he was stuck in the precinct, uh, he calls her and she's like, oh, there's no more help here. And (laughs) next thing you know, she comes out for him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems kind of strange that she would have that. You know, how did she get it? She would have had to have, you know, they would have had to have taken it off from him, obviously, at the end of that that episode and then it would have gone into evidence or into property or something you know you would think for the NYPD and so she somehow got it from there and held on to it and like you said it, it does it does cause a little bit of a confusing question the fact that when he calls her she kind of blows him off and then all of a sudden it's like she's dusting this thing off and going okay I need the Punisher back now uh, <laughs> you know almost almost like it wasn't until Billy escaped that she realized she needed Frank's help Maybe that's yeah. you know, um, my number one is is just all the uh, the the plot questions we have uh, that are, are are going to be answered. I'm sure you know we still don't know exactly what's on these pictures that Amy has. We think they might be blackmail stuff. We think it could be something else, uh, more. We don't know what part the preacher of this church, you know, this preacher guy plays in this or his church in all of it. And by the way, we didn't see him at all in this episode, so we don't know what's going on with. With him, you've you've got to figure at some point he's going to, you know, find out where the girl is or where Frank is or something with all of his contacts. So, Hmm. um, so we had I had a couple of quotes here that I wanted to share that I thought were funny. Uh, The uh, when uh, Rachel Amy is in Madani's apartment, she said the place looks like it's owned by a serial killer and um i i liked when they were having that when he was having that conversation uh with curtis that curtis says see whatever it was you wanted him to live with you knocked clean out of his head so i thought that was that was interesting so we did have a couple of notes here um that we wanted to share so go ahead we'll go back to frank and curtis talking Mm -hmm. uh they bring up the idea of i guess they come to the conclusion that billy is getting some sort of muscle memory Mm mm-hmm that's how he's able to do everything that he's doing. He just he, he just knows because it's kind of instinctual in some way, but of, of where he's going, e- even in the back of his head, even some of the mental stuff that's going on and what he is remembering, but what he's doing when he's attacking people because it seems like instinctual in some sort of respect. It's weird. Yeah, that's an interesting point you bring up because really we and we didn't see and we saw some of that I guess in the first season, you know, when when he when uh, he takes his crew to go try to kill Madani and he kills Madani's partner, 
you know, and then obviously at the end when he's fighting with Frank, we get to see a lot of that. But we didn't get to see a lot of his, like when we saw Frank's flashbacks to their combat memories, we didn't really see Billy in combat all that much. We saw Frank, you know, yeah. in combat. But, uh, yeah, so getting to see that Billy has some skills as well that he's he's now relying on is, is pretty good. Uh, you had one, right? Yeah, the, the the it was the biggest thing, and it was it was one of those things that I noticed it the first time around, but it wasn't until the second viewing that I really keyed in on it. That why does Madonna's apartment have a bedroom door that locks from both sides? Because I had when I watched it the second time, it's 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 obvious that Frank twists something on the knob when he locks the girl into the room. Like, he didn't put a chair in front of the door to hold her in. It, it looked like, to me anyway, unless I saw it wrong, that he twisted, like, a lock on the on the door, from his side of the door. And then, yeah. when you see the other side of the door, that when the girl is inside, you also see two bolts on the door where you would you would push them across to lock the door from the inside. Huh. Now, okay, I th I think I don't know. I live alone, so I my bedroom doors have locks on because I have a two bedroom apartment, and they do have locks on the inside, so that like if you were sharing, if you were roommates or something, you could have your privacy and lock your door. But I just don't, I couldn't understand why you would have locks on both sides of a door. I you know uh, is she setting it up to be a prison is it i you know it just didn't it didn't make sense <laughs> maybe it, one lock is meant for when she leaves uh, so she closes the door normally just locks it who knows I, maybe she doesn't want somebody to get into her bedroom and be able to get into the rest of her apartment i don't know <laughs> maybe the locks from the inside was meant specifically for her own safety so just in case somebody breaks in they can't get into the bedroom yeah i i just it just it was one of those things that i just when i saw it the second time i was like this is really confusing to me and and, and maybe somebody who lives in new york can answer the question maybe i don't know it just it, it just was one of those things that just it just really jumped out at me yeah. Uh, the only thing, other thing I have, which I, I alluded to before, is Billy's mask is looking a lot like a shattered Punisher skull. If you look at the actual mask, the way it's been drawn in this one scene when he's sitting with the doctor, it's all black, and you can see it looks like a distorted version of the Punisher skull with the big eyes and the tooth and everything else. That might have been an earlier conversation flashback, but it looks like as if he remembers the Punisher skull going through a glass window or something, and it's shattering and getting that, like, broken look to it, and then just, just morphed. That's interesting, yeah. I until you, until you mentioned it, now, though, as I go back to thinking about it, I... I think you you could be onto something there. There, there definitely was the tooth thing was definitely there on the the mask that he made. So yeah, I could uh, I could definitely see that as being something that there was some underlying kind of stuff with that. Yeah, good, good stuff. So no uh, no feedback this week for episodes three and four. Uh, hopefully uh, next week we'll get some uh, we'll get some feedback for episodes five and six, or feedback from these episodes if you want to give it to us, <laughs> or feedback about the whole the whole thing, whatever you want to send to whole, us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what do we got? You got some comic talk here? Oh, definitely. Uh, it actually dropped today. Kevin Smith apparently is creating and working on a Hulu original. 
animated show about Howard the Duck. So there was a lot of to-do of what's going on with these Marvel Netflix shows. And people still asking because I believe, what, Jessica Jones Season 3 is in uh, production uh, still? I think it's wrapped. I don't know. I No, I, I don't want to speak as much because I don't know. I know that it's slated to draw. It's We're supposed to get it sometime this year. So Yeah. That that was the last of it. They they still don't know what the situation is between Jessica Jones and Punisher and the Punisher mm-hmm. itself. So, but uh, they were all talking about with Kevin Smith coming up with this, and now that Marvel's obviously going towards Hulu and this, everybody's speculating that it's Netflix's idea of getting rid of or dumping these Marvel projects. And then now they're working, of all things, even though Disney's having their own app coming out, hopefully within the the next, this year, then why are they going to Hulu for Howard the Duck? Well, when you when you read that article, um, there it does talk about the fact that there is some sort of merger going on between Marvel, Hulu, and Disney all yeah. together. So maybe maybe what, what we see happening here is maybe these adult... Because the, the other thing that that... Um, article pointed out is that these four there's supposed to be four of them three or four of these animated marvel shows on hulu they're going to be adult oriented shows not not kid friendly is the uh, the impression i got from the article anyway yes yeah, so right. so maybe you know maybe we have a better opportunity of seeing our characters again we may not see the same actors playing them but we uh, we may get to see you know, Punisher, Daredevil, Luke Cage, we may. Or they may just go to different characters. Maybe we'll finally get to see that Moon Knight show that we've we've been wanting, you know. Oh, definitely, yeah. Or some sort of other off-brand character from Marvel that they're not going to throw into the MCU because there's so many. Yeah, yeah. The only other thing I would have is those uh, Super Bowl promo ads are still the talk of the town. Uh, everybody's speculating more on Endgame, what's going on with Captain Marvel, everybody's theories of how Endgame is going. Everything seems to be geared more towards time travel for Endgame. So. The Endgame trailer for the Super Bowl was really, really good. I... Uh... I had forgotten, and I just recently, we, we just reviewed the movie, Infinity War. I had forgotten that that Rocket survived at the end, that Rocket was still yes. around. I had totally, so when I saw him in the trailer, I was like, what, what's Rocket doing there? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess he did, he was one of the few that it was like Rocket, Thor, Captain America, you know, so you had these handful of heroes that, that did survive, uh, obviously, and so uh, we're going to see them kind of band together. Those are, that was a cool trailer, I, I, I really did like it. Yeah, they added to a little bit. You could actually see Rocket in his true comic book costume rather than the actual movie iteration of Rocket, his costume. So that was something that a friend of mine brought up. And obviously we see Nebula, and it seems to me that Nebula is helping Tony. So yeah, we're, I'm hoping for more Nebula involvement. I, with the, they're, they're talking about this movie going to be maybe exactly three hours or maybe going over three hours uh, because they've already tested with the audiences i saw a thing this week that said they were talking about having an intermission i haven't seen an intermission in a movie since the right stuff and that was like 1982 (laughs) you know (laughs) um but uh, no i guess did did hateful eight have an intermission i guess hateful eight did have an intermission in it but that was more the style of the movie than than the length um 
So I had one bit of news to, to throw in here that I was I was very proud of myself this week that I found uh, a news article that did not spoil future episodes for me. According to comicbook.com interview, John Bernthal said that he broke his hand filming the very first fight scene of season two. He kept fighting and he suffered nerve damage the next day that required emergency surgery. And, surgery, and this explains why he has the cast uh, on his hand for at least a few episodes. I don't know. Uh, obviously, I have not watched past uh, episode four, and in episode four, he still has the cast, so I'm not sure how much longer uh, we see the character with the cast on his uh, on his hand, but uh, that, that that puzzled me when, when right away in, in the very first episode, we see him with you know, get hurt, and we see this cast on his hand, and I was just like, I got to figure out why this is, and so I was able to dig and, and <laughs> figure out that he actually did break his hand, and they had to do surgery, and so they and he didn't want to stop filming uh, it, for it to heal. He said, "Let's just keep going," and so now that's why it's it was so cool, especially there in episode three when we got to see him uh, kind of. You know, it became a plot device to where he was he was able to tape the gun to it, you know, and yeah. uh, and so that was really, really cool. I thought that was pretty cool that you brought this up because I actually saw the interview with Jimmy Kimmel with him and he talks about it in depthly about it. It was pretty funny how he goes. He was trying to hide it from the director <laughs> and he goes, you know, it's one of those things where you just yeah, it's like, ah, oh, you don't want to. They're going to have to take you to the hospital. You end <laughs> and you got to start over. And he goes, every time it's like, and he did it for like, not just one day, but it was like almost two days. Yeah. And he, he tells him, he goes, ah, it's like, oh, every time I would switch it up, it was like, oh, why can't I just throw the chair with the left hand? <laughs> or why can't I just do this? Like the bar stool. And, it's, and, he, and he goes, nobody caught on to it that he was trying to, oh, why don't I just use my left hand? And. And, yeah. then, and then I guess with the scene where it's like, I guess the director got his own because he didn't want to do those scenes with the left hand. <laughs> he does it without like thinking. He just casually does it, the scene with the bar stool where he throws it at the guy, but it actually hits the director. Right. It's okay. <laughs> and, he goes, oh. and then next thing you know, they, uh, they want, he winds up having to say, yeah, I did something. And of course they left everything in. Right. Very cool. Uh, that he had shot. So, which was pretty funny, yeah. but yeah, if I recommend it to people to look on YouTube, it was on Jimmy Kimmel Live, but they usually put Jimmy Kimmel clips on YouTube, and that that was one of them that came up that I watched I'll, recently. I'll have to look for it. That's, that is that is pretty cool. Do you have anything more to add? Nothing really. Nothing new. Uh, I'm just preparing for tomorrow nights with the walking dead talk that's right and... that's right walking dead talk through is back and uh, with that uh we, we talked about this in the last episode to, to do at the end here i have uh, several podcast recommendations that uh, uh if you would if you wouldn't mind indulging us for a few few minutes here to hear what kind of podcast we're listening to what kind of podcast we're contributing to and uh what might be interesting to the people who are listening to our podcasts yeah Definitely. Uh, you have a couple of re a few recommendations. I agree with all of them because I pretty much listen okay. to all of well, them. Okay. Well, let's just go back and forth. The first one I had here was We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited. This is a Lost Rewatch podcast with Kristen and Ben. It's a joint venture between Podcastica and the Next Level Radio Online Podcast Networks. So We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited. And then there's also House Podcastica. 
a Game of Thrones rewatch w- podcast with Kristen on the Podcastica Network. This one is in a rewatch now, and we'll begin the new shows when Game of Thrones returns in April. So we always recommend everybody go listen to that particular podcast. Uh, they go very long, those podcasts, by the way, too. So, But uh, Kristen goes into thorough detail. She's extremely knowledgeable. And she has a, a variety of different guests coming on and off. Yes. With, uh, that actual podcast itself. Yeah, so. and th- you know, there's a really special guy that, that sends in a voicemail every week for, for House Podcastica <laughs> that I'll put a plug <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do it with a straight, straight line. No. Um, the other, another one uh, that is uh, is called the Star Trek Discovery Talk Through. This is hosted by Brian Malosh and Ruthie, and it is on the Golden Spiral Media Podcast Network. That's one that I contribute uh, frequently to, so uh, you might might hear my voice on there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you are involved in a bunch of roundtables. Yes, and those go very lengthy, and as well too. You got. Uh, I know Brian goes. He's got a true love for Star Trek, and he, he has a passion for it. And he, he has everybody else on there. I, I think. Well, how many people do you have on there? Usually about five. Yeah, five to six, depending on how big the the roundtables go. And then he and Ruthie do. And I think it was him and Wes this week. That did uh, this week's episode. So, oh, cool. Uh, the next podcast uh, we also do recommend would be Strange Indeed with Sean and Rima on the Podcastica Network. It's currently covering the Netflix show You, which I personally have not watched or got into yet. So there's a lot on my plate to to, yeah. to watch and rewatch at this point. But I would definitely recommend anything that they recommend to view or watch or listen to as they podcast because I I get such entertainment listening to both of them. Yeah. And even Sean on his other podcast, The Language of Bromance. Absolutely. And of course, to, to round out our podcast recommendations, we would be remiss if we did not mention The Walking Dead cast on Podcastica Network, which is kind of the, the, the launching pad for a lot of other I mean Strange Indeed came from that House Podcastica came from that uh, this the podcast that you're currently listening to Mark and I were were listeners and contributors to the Walking Dead cast and that's how we uh, came to be friends and start this podcast exactly and with that we always submit feedback so to submit your theories and feedback you go to our Facebook group www.facebook.com slash panels to pixels or you could email us, which would be our email address at panels to pixels one at gmail.com panels two to pixels and a number one at gmail.com we recommend we've we got some feedback and we we read it previously we want more if you could send out more that would be great absolutely and you can hear mark starting this week every week as he co-hosts the walking dead talk through on golden spiral media with brian malosh Yes, uh, we will be recording tomorrow night, so if anybody has any feedback for the following episode, we always record on a Tuesday night. Right now it's a Monday night, so obviously you're not going to hear this (laughs) until this comes out later this week. But if you want to do an episode 10 like recap or your thoughts and theories, give whatever sauces you like on your feeling on that particular episode to The the Walking Dead Talk Through through Golden Spiral Media's website, which will be uh, walkingdeadtalkthrough at goldenspiralmedia.com. Absolutely. And you can now hear Panels to Pixels on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. As a good friend of mine yesterday uh, just noted to me, he said, Steve, you're on Spotify. And I was like, what? 
He's like, yeah, your podcast, it's on Spotify. It's like, sweet. So, yes, we are now available on all three of those podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. So if you would, go out and leave a review for us on iTunes or any of the other podcast players that you that you use to listen to us. Yeah, definitely. There's a bunch of them. I generally listen to us through uh, Google Play. You could hear, like, Spotify, I believe, has some sort of rating as well. So you should be able to do that. So with that, I think we are good this week. And thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this is Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.